Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, episode 40. What do we do here? We motivate and equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. And the intro's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Just a hair. Just a hair, yeah. Just a hair. Well, so my name is Arun Kumar, and I'm the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I am very hungry. To win? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's just my morning fast. It's starting to hit me a little bit. I'm just getting a little hungry, but I'm good. All good. right, we'll get through this and go yeah. have some lunch. Yeah. Or Do you call it breakfast when it's the first meal of the day, even if it's... Uh, I mean, typically, if I eat by 11, which is normal, um, I would consider that brunch. It still puts <laughs> me in the in the area of possibly having uh, eggs. <laughs> okay. I, I, do you do you bring eggs to work? Uh, no, that's it's a rare <laughs> occasion. Usually I actually get lunch. But if I wanted breakfast, I, I could or I'd go get it from somewhere. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. I eat a lot in the mornings and not very much in the afternoons because that yeah. will work. That's what works for me. <laughs> hey, it's whatever works, right? So, anyways, if you like what you hear here, share the podcast and leave a review because we're we're fairly new to this still, and we love the listenership that that has joined in so far. It's a lot of people from LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, friends and family. And it's it's kind of permeating into our, our wider networks. And, and we just want to keep you guys engaged, keep you listening, keep providing you value. And the way we do that is because you let us know when we're providing value and you share what you think is valuable with your networks. And so that we can continue to grow this and continue to spread the driven mindset and, and help more people in their pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. and and. In today's day and age, business, fitness, and cars are some of the most popular things to aspire to be good at, and we're here to help you on that journey as we walk that path ourselves at the same time, and so we're all here together to learn and grow and share the best tools and experiences that we've had along the way. So Yeah, and uh, I'd, I'd like to challenge the listeners. Even if you don't have anything uh, as far as a review goes, you know, good or bad, reach out to one of us. Say, just say hi. Say, hey, I listened today. You yeah. Know, I, would, what, would, would, I would personally would love to know, you know, that someone out there is listening and that I might be helping you in some way. Um, but yeah, just say hi. And I guess we'll plug the social medias now just so if you're so compelled to do this that you're able to do it right now. Dan, where can people reach out to you and say uh, hi? I'm yeah, listening to the podcast. Yeah, I'm Dan Larue on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, Dan underscore Larue on uh, Instagram and DLarue95 on TikTok. If you choose to reach out to me there, and I'm Arun D Kumar on Instagram, and that's the best place to to find what I'm posting every day, and and I will definitely be able to respond to you there. If you message me on LinkedIn, I may get to it <laughs> if you choose to message me there. And so, you know, I, I've been doing a lot more driving recently. I, I went on a quick road trip to Seattle and back and 2000 miles round trip in the, in the truck and 
just had a few more places to go in the last few days. And I was in an Uber a couple times yesterday on a work trip. And I'm still very passionate about making sure that people become good drivers. But beyond that, the driving that I did continued to proliferate or augment or whatever word you want to use, my love for cars. And I know Dan shares this love and you would have heard us talk about it on prior podcasts that cars just do it for us. And we know that there are millions of people out there for which the same applies and that it's just this thing that fascinates people in our society that cars are this thing we aspire to, they're works of art, they're, they sound amazing, they're a mode of transportation, they're expensive, they're passion-filled, they're full of family arguments and trash and <laughs> yeah. people live in them, and just all sorts of different things. And I go to a junkyard and I don't see hunks of metal, I see stories from people's lives. And I love that about cars. But there's a bunch of negativity out there about cars today. And with people moving into cities and urbanization and population density at an all-time high, and then add to that the sort of subculture of climate change activists and people who are just anti-car for the sake of it, whether they're angry parents or they are Karens of whatever variety, or they just think that the kid down the street with the loud slammed Miata is a nuisance. They might be. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm care just, if I'm they just are. taking <laughs> shots at Miata owners. It's just me being funny. <laughs> <laughs> All those people who have this negative perception or, or negative things to say about cars they're discouraging people who are actually into cars from actually doing anything about it. And that's what we don't want to see because, you know, we're both, we're not old, but we're not as young as we once were. And we're kind of had a bit of seasoning in terms of our, our hobby and our passion for cars. And we both work in the industry and we're kind of in it already, but we know we're serving as role models and kind of older brother, uh, um, older brother type roles for people who are just now able to get their driver's licenses. And so if you're listening and you're in that boat or you're 40 years old and you've always wanted to be in cars or anywhere in between or outside of those boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Then, Grady, and you want to get into cars now? Hell hit yeah. Me up. I want to <laughs> talk to you. Put them in a 800, put them in a demon and see what they think. Yeah. We're here to sort of provide reassurance that if you're into cars at all, it's okay to be into cars. And in fact, it's a great thing. And so we're here today just to talk about our counter arguments to the anti-car narrative. And we'll get you all of the sort of solutions that you could need for getting into cars. And, And we won't cover all that on this podcast, but frankly, I mean, cars are a part of American culture. Their status symbols, their goals, they're just a huge component of how we live our lives. And you know, if you're 
denying that you like cars when in reality you're given a given a side eye to every Lamborghini that you see or you know they're the cool fresh paint job big lifted old truck is breaking your neck on the on the street when you're on the sidewalk if you're saying no you know I can't I just can't do it I'm making all the excuses in the world it's it's the same as denying that you're in love with your coworker when you're in love with your coworker and yeah, I can say I, that because I married my coworker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a bold claim about cars in American culture. Okay. Without them, without the invention of the car or the invention of what came after that, which was the assembly line, mm. probably would have never won World War II. Industrial Revolution was Yeah, I mean, you got to think cars. of the yeah, the the advances uh that America made that was solely centered around the car mm-hmm. and, and how, and how other industries within, within our awesome country, uh, took the adaptation of the assembly line and put it into their own processes and thrived. Right. So, I mean, I know it's a bold claim, but I believe it to be true. No, I agree with that. And, and I think, this goes back to the the new American dream, which if you haven't heard that podcast, it came out on July 5th and it's all about Independence Day. And I recommend you go back and listen to that one. The new American dream basically says, you know, our parents and grandparents fulfilled a lot of those old American dream archetypes but even further back than that they had to provide and create the means and to do that and one of them was going from you you domesticated a horse in the wild west to okay now you went and bought a horse okay to now you have a family of horses and they're reproducing and you get more horses out of it and then we have to work up and be able to afford a car for the family. And now we can extend our range of travel by hundreds of miles and then thousands of miles as cars got better. And it's a, it's a huge piece of our evolution in this country. And so nowadays that evolution has continued and where cars were uh, just a necessity before. Now they're also a toy, a piece of art. People park them in their kitchens. It's kind of weird, but you know, maybe someday I'll do that. And it's true. It's, it's a inspiration. It's culturally acceptable just to want cars, but there's a big part of society that would say you shouldn't. And it's reflected in some of the statistics that we looked up in preparation for this episode. And the main one that caught my eye was that in 1983, 80%, 80.4% of 18-year-olds had their driver's licenses. In 2021, that number has dropped by 25%. So in 2021, we have 59.7% of 18-year-olds have their driver's license. Yeah, and I really believe that the sense of adventure and the want to leave their parents' house mm. uh, has has had negative effects on who wants to have a driver's license and drive now. I, I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, since the invention of the internet, people don't need or feel 
the need to leave anymore. Um, which is extremely sad. And then, you know, I didn't live in 1983. I, I, you know, I'm wasn't a teenager then, but I do know that the mentality in 1983 was, I want my license so I can get my car and leave yep, and go do something, you know, because yep. there, there wasn't the invention of the internet. Yeah. TV was around, but you know, it wasn't as big as it is today. Uh, Video games were around, but they were in the form of arcades. So, you know, you had to go out were, to them. Yeah, you, you actually had to go to them yep. and go hang out with your friends. You know, it wasn't as easy as, all right, I'm going to sign into my computer and I'm just going to log into Discord and join a voice chat. And that's how I'm going to talk to my friend. It, it, the internet has made things way too easy to connect with people. And, and I think that is part of a, of a big reason on why uh, driver's licenses are probably down with an 18 year olds. That's a, that's a very good way of putting it. And, and yeah, there's, if you can DoorDash your or Instacart, your groceries and mm-hmm. you can talk to your friends on FaceTime and you can get your entertainment from streaming services or, or computer game downloads. You don't even have to go to GameStop. I remember going to GameStop. You don't even have to do that anymore. I would walk before I had a car yeah, GameStop. Yeah, you don't have to buy games at all on disc anymore. Like you just right. buy it right, right on wherever you are. And uh, it, twenty twenty three, in today's time, our world is very much. Uh, you could live in your house and never leave. You can work from home. Yep. You can order your food to home. You can connect with your friends from home. You can watch a brand new movie that's in theaters from home. Mm-hmm. Like you know you really don't have to leave for anything yeah so so in that sense even if you're into cars you're gonna play video games you're gonna play racing games but it defeats a lot of the purpose of of what cars are about and why we love them so much and and so the that and in general i mean one of these objections that we're going to talk about does exactly cover what you just said dan Mm -hmm. um but i want to go through these objections and so we got five. We're going to see what we can cover today. Number one, cars are a waste of money. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with this. Everything requires some level of moderation. If you, oh, yeah. If you yeah. exercise too much, you're going to give yourself rhabdo. If you work too much, you're not going to have a family. And you can get into cars so much that you collect a bunch of them or you obsess over the mods or you do some sort of excessive spending such that you go broke indulging in your passion. That's not a reason to stay away from cars because there's plenty of ways to make it fit pretty much any budget out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Were there, were there times where I really felt like I was wasting money in, in the cars? Oh, absolutely. But, uh, it, it's definitely about budgeting and shoot, you can leave a car stock and still have fun with it. You don't have to modify it, but you know, it's, you don't want to overextend yourself on your car loan, which a lot of people <laughs> are doing today. Yeah. I, mean, I think, I think like the average now is like a thousand dollars a month, which is average insane. New payment being issued right now is over a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's just insane to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- they can be a waste of money. Um, also depends what you buy. If you're buying, you know, a 
a $45,000 throwaway card. That's a waste of money. What do you mean a throwaway card? Like, all right, let's let's throw an, an example in there. Um, a car that I don't see today that was pricey at the time. Focus ST. Hmm. You know, they were never going to hold their value. Never. And now you don't see them anywhere. And then when they do come up for sale, they're super cheap. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And were yeah, those I mean, that high new? They were in the 30s, I believe. Yeah. If, if To get what you wanted. I mean, it. it you can take it one step further and go to the RS. I mean, that thing was astronomically yeah. expensive when it came out for a focus. And I wouldn't touch one for 20 grand now. Like. I think they can be cool, but yeah, I, th- yeah, I think that's a, that's an example of where it's easy to just blow your money. Yeah. Or, or you throw, you, you throw every single creature comfort and option into a mm-hmm. Toyota Prius. 50 grand. Yeah, I mean, is it going to hold 50 grand in five years? No. No. <laughs> is it going to hold 50% of 50 grand in five years? Probably not. Probably not. Depends on how much you drive it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can make the right investments into a car and make money on it. Yeah. And and I think also you don't need to go out and buy a new car, for one. You don't need to finance a car, which is expensive depending on your credit score you don't really need to do too much at all to get just a reliable means of transportation and your driver's license. But then if you want to have a little fun with it, you, you can easily get a reliable daily for five grand. Oh yeah. With air conditioning and windows that work and it's safe. So instead of five grand in five months, you're just in it for five grand and then right and then in Man, a year I, I saw a five grand car like last week and i wish i remembered what it was because it would have been a great example for this <laughs> a 1992 camry with fifty thousand miles on it i bet it's five grand i bet you it's more fifty thousand not five thousand miles yeah, I bet it's still more. 50,000 uh, on a 92 Camry, that's low. It's cool, but nobody wants that. I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Anyways, point being, the point of We Are Driven, and this is original genesis of We Are Driven stuff, you are motivated to earn more because you want to buy cool car stuff and cars in general. And so this is a great example of where you buy the five grand daily, you're you're working somewhere, you have reliable transportation, you're showing up to work, you're committed, you're working to improve your skills, and you start earning more and now you can afford a better car. And maybe you do go out and get a car payment because you've got a steady job and you're paying off your bills and you have good credit and all that's possible and not very hard to make work for yourself. So there's a bunch of examples of being able to spend inside your means. But at the end of the day, the sky is the limit. If you continue to practice the driven mindset, there's no reason why you shouldn't be buying a quarter of a million dollar car in your lifetime. I think it's totally possible for everyone. Yeah, by the time I get there, it might be a half million dollars with inflation. No, it should be a different quarter of a million dollar car. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so the next objection to 
to want cool cars and to strive for cool cars is greedy and vain. So, Dan, Pejman Gadimi, also known as PJ, star of Netflix's fastest car in his yep. super douchey, what was it, Huracan Evo drop top. Yeah, yeah. As you were having me do some research on him, I was like trying to really remember where I saw him from. And it was fastest car, which is mm-hmm. just, I had a hard time with that show in general. Yeah. I liked it. All the cool sob stories. <laughs> oh yeah. The, so- the sob stories are great. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think of him? Is he greedy uh, and vain is really the question. I'll just get right to it. I wouldn't say so. No. I, I mean, he, I, to me, that's just a guy that wants to help other people get to where he's at. Yeah, but he's going to do it by flexing the hell on you constantly oh, sure. and saying, look at my gold sunglasses that match my gold gun <laughs> that match my gold Rolls Royce. Uh, you know, what? If, that's you. His, if that's his taste, <laughs> you know, who am I to judge? But no, if you listen to him speak, he's he's his handle is I create millionaires for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's because he, that's what he wants to do. He wants to create other like-minded people. Yep. Similar to himself. Yeah. And so something I didn't tell you before, this is I have followed him and been a participant in exotic car hacks for over a year. And I don't, I haven't hacked any exotics yet though. It should happen fairly soon. And I fully agree with that. He's out to help people. On the surface, he has multiple Lamborghinis. He's a bachelor. He's not, actually. He's married with a kid, but he he doesn't post much about his family. And, and you just think he's this douchey Iranian guy that has a bunch of money and you don't know how he made it. And he's kind of scammy sounding. And he's telling you you can buy cars for free with other people's money. And <laughs> it's... But at the end of the day... Everything he talks about, the fact that there are networking opportunities, the fact that it's okay to want nice things in life because you feel like you've earned them and he's going to make you earn them. He doesn't just hand stuff out to people. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, there, there's a friend of mine here I know really well, and he does not keep cars long and they're exotics. Mm-hmm. Every single last one of them have been an exotic. And I think, especially in that kind of situation, you're getting to talk about your new car a lot. Mm-hmm. It makes for a very good business decision because the networking opportunities that come with having a nice car are are truly better. Yeah, and he's in the racing industry. There you and go. <laughs> uh, since, since he's moved back to Omaha, I mean, he's had... Uh, an orange R8, an orange Porsche, a white R8, a gray Lamborghini Huracan. And I think he's now on a GTR, like a fully drag purpose GTR. All right. That sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he's a, I mean, this is within a year. Dang. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, that, and that's what he's, he's, he had his business. And he built his business up. It's it's through the roof high. And he started getting into uh, exotics and found out that he could make a little bit of money buying them, driving them a little bit, and then turning them. Yeah. 
and that certainly helps with with the whole not only is it not greedy and vain but it's just smart to do it because you'll make money doing it (laughs) yeah yeah, because this goes back to the last point you know he's found cars that are not a waste they make money they appreciate yep yeah yeah my god was his lambo gorgeous and you would have paid more than he paid for oh, it. Oh, a hundred percent. I'll I'll send you a photo later, Rune. It, it's a it was a good one. Yeah, I, it'll happen. I need a garage space. I've realized I need. I've taken measurements. I need a bigger garage. Yeah, me too. Or I need to do what I'm going to be doing in a few weeks, which is moving a lot of stuff out of my garage. So, next objection. Driving fast is antisocial. Yeah, when I saw this on our little outline, I just couldn't compute with this statement. And mm. I want you to tell your story on why you heard this one. So my first car was a Passat W8 with a stock exhaust, but they kind of sounded loud. And it was decently fast. 270 horsepower, all-wheel drive. Kind of fast. And... In high school, I I was dating this girl and I would frequently give her rides home after a date or something like that. And I'd I'd take her home and then go back to my house. And sometimes when I'd leave her house, I would send it because I'm 17 and in high school and that's what you do. Yep. And I remember one time I had gone in the house and talked to her mom and her mom said, man, you really take off from here sometimes. Um, you know, driving fast like that's kind of antisocial. You you're putting other people at risk. You're, I don't know, trying to run away from other people. It seems like you have low self-esteem. You, you just want you don't care about your own health and safety. You don't care about others' health and safety. And at the time, I didn't have a very good objection. I did not, on my feet, think, here's what I need to say to to get over this. Yeah, and for me, it's just such a... It's such an ignorant statement to hear because as someone who's in the racing community... There's a lot of camaraderie that comes with driving fast. Well, but so I will make it clear. We're talking here about driving fast on the street. Even then, there's still a lot of camaraderie. camaraderie. Yeah, I mean. I would agree with that. Yeah, I is, mean. Is a street takeover antisocial? Uh, so my sense of gathering people, no. <laughs> uh, on a stupid level, high. Well, and like, I would say anti- functioning society yes yeah i I would say that's anti-car culture at its finest yeah i even if they say that they're they're car enthusiasts i would i I do not claim them and they will not be in my circle right that's a sort of no just they're they're there they're partying they're being really reckless and they're shutting down streets which yeah they're ruining they're ruining it for the people who are doing the right things yeah 
But so I want to just talk about driving fast in general. It's not antisocial, first of all. It's not antisocial to drive fast because frankly, you don't even know I'm there most of the time. And I'm not in your way. You're in my way. Yeah, <laughs> so right. You're the one being antisocial. And then occasionally you'll find someone that wants to drive fast with you. And that's social. That is very social. Then you find one and then three more show up. And next <laughs> thing you know, you're in a group of 50 people. You're all driving fast. That Okay. It doesn't get that big around here. Yeah, it's, Bay Area is too, too condensed for that, I see. Okay, fine. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think... People who drive fast, there are there are Nissan Altimas. So I'm not going to say this is this is everybody because Nissan Altima drivers really do have no regard for health and safety. Average people who drive fast are more focused on the road. We are more safety conscious. We are driving better equipped cars and we are safer than you on the road. If you're making this statement. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to smack in anything going, I don't know, fast. 30 over. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> yeah. You never go 30 over, but fast. <laughs> what are you talking? All right. Yeah. Never. 50 over. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the spur in front of my parents' uh, house out here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. So it's it's just... For the most part, driving fast, you're not hurting anybody. You're not getting in anybody's way. If you're doing it with competence and with capability and with the right equipment, you're not, it, it's not doing any harm to anybody. The risk comes when unsafe drivers try to drive fast or unsafe drivers try to get on the road in general. If you're texting and driving, if you're distracted, if you have bad reaction time, if your vision is bad, if you are scared to be on the road, if you never really got proper training and you just went out and got a license, you are ill-equipped to be on the road and you're the one causing the accidents. Yeah, I mean, it was Wednesday morning, I'm driving into work, and this person very well could have been still drunk, I suppose, mm -hmm. from the night before. Sure. But I mean, I was doing 10 to 15 over the posted limit, you know, just on a normal street. And uh, this person was probably doing 10 to 15 below and mm -hmm. swerving everywhere. So, like, I, I like I slowed down right behind him and I waited for them to swerve more towards the right side of the curb. <laughs> and I just Where took I off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, well, and so you just you just kind of touched on what I think is the best equipment that you need if you're going to drive fast is brakes. If you have good brakes, you're not going to hit anybody. It's very yeah, hard to I, hit somebody. I, yeah. I, I mean, I just did a 60-foot contest a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and the challenge was go as fast as you can in 60 feet and break within like 30 to 50. I don't know what the exact mm -hmm. amount was. And I was clearing it like crazy because my car has the big brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Brakes, brakes are awesome when they like, oh, yeah, you're reminding me of my M4 with track pads on it. That thing yeah. could stop like none other. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it's hurt. not a super heavy car, but then I'm watching an RS7 do it and yeah. like it's such a big car. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> well, they need track pads. Yeah, Clint's trying to need something. <laughs> yeah. So no, driving fast as antisocial is not a legitimate objection. and. 
if you're 17 and your parents are yelling at you for driving fast or your friends or whatever, be safe about it. Don't be an idiot because you're going to give the rest of us a bad name. But there are ways to drive efficiently and be safe about it. So just don't be stupid. That's so much of anything where you talk about being antisocial or social or functioning society or all that. The real answer for any of it is just don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Next, don't worry about what you drive. It's not important. It is on so many levels. Yeah. You, you spend, unless you work from home, get delivery, blah, blah, blah. You never leave your fucking house. You spend at least an hour. I'm going to pause it. You spend one hour at least a day in your car. And you are relying on this piece of machinery that's extremely complicated and extremely expensive relative to other means of spending in your life you're relying on it to get you from point a to point b and yes any car any functioning car can get you from point a to point b but these things are with you constantly they are such a big part of your life whether it's commuting or you're going on a road trip or you're running errands it's there and your life experience as a whole Think of it like your desk chair or your mattress or the couch that you spend so much time sitting on <laughs> if you're if you're criticizing us. You want that car to be a positive experience in your life and you can make it that. So first of all, if you have any car, what you drive is secondarily important to how you keep it. Is your car clean? Is it maintained? Is it reliable? Does it make you comfortable to be in it? And once you go up from there, then you get into the stuff that does dictate what kind of car you have. Is it comfortable for you? Are you proud to be seen in it? Does it do everything that you need it to do? Does it make you happy? Do you feel safe? Do you feel content? Do you feel satisfied driving it? Does it have amenities that you enjoy using? Mine yes. does. Yeah. Mine does. Yeah. Is it the gas pedal? Uh, most. That's probably like ninety <laughs> percent my favorite thing. The other ten percent is everything else. You know. Your the, vir- the virtual cockpit's really nice. Your uh, dual zone climate control. No, it's not dual. Triple. It's triple. <laughs> <laughs> my truck i don't think i've ever sat in the back actually you know which car of mine has triple zone my oldest car oh my suburban really has you know yeah yeah i could see that actually yeah yeah because it's a uh what's the word i'm looking for three row yeah yeah I can so, envision the interior in that thing. So, yeah. All leather. It, so it, nice. Tan. Gray. Gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't sure. know. You, you know what you 
drive is so important. And Arun didn't touch on this, but it's also your investment. You're going to spend a lot of money on this. Take care of it. It's important. Take care of it, but also take care in the decision. Yeah, that too. Because, and and Evelyn's guilty of this. So I'm going to call her out right now. She, she went, her car broke down and she needed to buy a new one. And so she went to like the first dealership that she found and bought a car. I know people like that. Didn't even care what it was. Yeah. She bought a Mazda three. That was a rental car return. Oh. And she kind of liked it, but I know why she liked it is because it, she put like 60,000 miles on it in two years. Yeah. (laughs) And it never skipped a beat. Um, but it was tough for me to look at. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So what you drive is important. And how you keep it, how you maintain it, how you treat it is important too. So like Dan said, you know, this is a big investment for you. It's something you spend a lot of time with. It's important. It's like your house. If you just don't, if you don't care about, you know, whether your toilet seat works or not, I bet you do. The same goes for your car seat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, there, there are three, three things that my boss told me when I started working for him at 18 that I should really focus in on investing in on. One, your house. Make sure it's nice, good neighborhood. That way you can make money back on it after, mm. you know, 30 years if you live yeah. there for the term. Two, your car. You got to be able to get to work and get to point A to point B. Yep. And the last one, your mattress. Got to have a good <laughs> night's sleep to get to work. Yeah. And so I never learned about the mattress one until uh, we moved back from London. Because in London, our mattress was part of the furnished department that we rented. And it was garbage. Yeah. But then we moved back here and Evelyn wanted to spend like $1,600 on a mattress. And I was like, what are you talking about? My last mattress, I got it from Amazon, memory foam, $200 full size. And she was like, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> you need to. And I think I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I moved us into our house. She was still in London. And so I was lifting all the heavy boxes. I built the bed frame. I built some furniture and then I unrolled the mattress. It had been delivered in a box. I cut it open and the shrink wrap uh, unfurled and the mattress was upside down (laughs) and it was a California King. Oh, I had to flip over a California King mattress by myself. Yeah. Just to get to bed that night. But my back was ruined after this, I was super sore and tight just because even no matter how good you're trying to be with your posture in those kind of situations, you're probably going to just get a little sore from all that bending and lifting and twisting and all that. I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and you wouldn't have even known. Yeah. You would not have known that I had been doing all that shit the day before. I was Mat- sold. I was immediately sold. Matters. Yeah. But, hey, we're talking about cars though, so... <laughs> Sorry, digression there. Okay, so the next objection. Having a car is silly when Uber and public transportation work. No. I'll start with going back to London. I lived in London 
London is famous for one of the best public transportation systems in the goddamn world. The tube, the underground system. It is good. It is very good. London is also one of the least friendly car cities, one of the least car friendly cities in the country, in the world. Yeah, I I, say about this. (laughs) I've never been to London, so I I don't have this experience. But uh, I I watch a lot of Jeremy Clarkson stuff. Yep. And uh, he did Clarkson's farm. And he sent his farmhand into London to try and sell wasabi root. And he came out with a ton of parking tickets. Yep. Because they didn't account for paying them. Yep. Yeah. So parking is a problem in London. They have speed cameras in London. They have red light cameras. And shoot, what was the last thing? They have something called ULES, which stands for Ultra Low Emissions Zone. Oh. Mm hmm. Interesting. So you drive into the ULES. You're paying, I believe, $15 a day wow. to drive into certain parts of London. If you, and they just changed the ULES restrictions. So there's like an age restriction on cars and there's a fuel type restriction. So diesel, it's like diesel's older than 10 years and gas powered cars older than 20 years fall into it. So, Okay. Uh, they're not measuring anything, right? It's just like you have a uh, permit per to drive on this road. Is that how that works? And it's based, it's based on, on the license plate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. License plates there are, they have cameras to read your license plate every single place you go. And your license plate is tied to that car. And it knows everything about that. Yeah. Car. But, but yeah, but the U.S. zone isn't, isn't actually measuring emissions. Well, so they are. They but they not just per car. They, yeah, not by car. They just yeah. want the 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 total air quality in that zone to be lower. What a crock of shit! Yes, <laughs> like yes, that's that's awful, and that's yes. going to be in the states in the next ten years. Watch, guys. Uh, <laughs> I need to move again. Yeah. So it was bad living in London. I lived just outside of Ulez like three blocks, fortunately. So I did not, my, my 2002 Skoda Octavia VRS that had no cats. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> it had a, that was the only car I ever had with a downpipe. And, um, it, it did not violate you fortunately, but in, I think this year they've delayed it a couple times. It was supposed to be in 2021, I think. They were going to extend the U.S. zone to all of London. It was just parts. It was just like the downtown. before. Then they were going to extend it to the whole city. Anyways, my point is public transportation was actually pretty good in London. If you didn't have public transportation and it was slow or it was inconvenient, you could Uber. There are taxis everywhere. It was super easy to get around in London. I still had a car. I bought three different cars in the one and a half years that I lived in London. And so here's why. I have two reasons. The first one is that I like the freedom to travel wherever, whenever I wanted. And you can't do that with a bus or a train or a taxi. Because the taxi is going to tell you no. Yeah, I mean, you can. The taxi is probably going to tell you no or it's going to be ungodly expensive. Yeah, but the train and the bus, 
will probably take a while if you want to go anywhere. It's slow, but also it's it's rigid. You know, bus routes yeah. and, and trains can only go so far. And if you want to go to a restaurant that's three miles from the nearest train station, you just added 45 minutes of walking one way <laughs> to your attempt to get to this restaurant. So do you really want an extra hour and a half or a taxi that you may or may not find on the other side of that train ride just to go eat somewhere? No. And that restaurant's going to die and you're going to die because you ate no food and you need a car. That's the, you're going to die if you don't have a car. That's the conclusion. But okay. So that's number one. I don't want to be limited by public transportation. I don't want to be limited by a lack of available cabs or ubers or whatever more than that the best places in the world that i have ever been in terms of nature in terms of seeing beautiful sights in rural iceland or texas or india wherever i've been a lot of places the transvagarian highway in romania you can't get there unless you have a car. Mm-hmm. That's still true for most of the world. That public transportation and taxis will not get you to where you need to go in most of the world, especially when it comes to sites of natural beauty. Yeah, and if you want a good example of this, on you know what Arun's talking about with some of like the crazy things that he's seen just by driving on highways. Go watch the Grand Tour specials or yeah. Top Gear specials. The the things that they see just because they're in a car goofing off with their buddies, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Totally. So that's that's reason number one. And reason number two is because of the mental benefits. So I believe that my commute, when I have one, is extremely therapeutic. Would you agree with that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That often, like when I need to get a bad day out, I'll either turn the music off completely and throw the car in sport mode, (laughs) or I'll turn the music up and drive really fast. You know, whichever, whatever mood I'm feeling for the day. Not in sport mode. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll I'll still put it in sport mode, but sometimes (laughs) sometimes I just want to listen to some headbanging music at the same time. Yep. Yep. So the commute is therapeutic. And more than that, car ownership is prideful, no matter what. And I want to turn to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Where, I don't remember what the first three are, but the fourth one is self-esteem. And so I looked into it a bit. I think the first three are like community, food, shelter, water. Yeah, something like like that. that. Yeah, But then... Once you have those needs satisfied, you get into kind of more where we're at in society today, where everybody does have community food, shelter, and water pretty readily available. You need self-esteem. And this is where people fall short and they're struggling to leave their house because they don't have a car that they're proud of, that they've earned, and that they've worked to keep clean and maintain. And they don't have that to bolster them up and give them self-esteem. And what self-esteem really looks like is that you believe in yourself. And if you get a car 
and you clean it up and you make it look nice and you're proud of it and you drive it somewhere and you get out. It's a small accomplishment, but it's an accomplishment for you. Yeah, and I will tell you from personal experience, uh, coming through one of the the worst ego-busting, self-esteem-busting mm-hmm. moments in my life, had I not had my Mustang, I don't think I'd be here today. Yeah. Like, I- I'd probably be on this planet, but like, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. I wouldn't know a rune. Without having that car, there's no way I would have had the self-esteem to ever come back from that moment, like ever. And and I cannot stress enough, like the friendships I made post that event have made my life so much better. Right. And it's because I had a car that I thought was important. And And I still think mine today is important. It's just not the same car. Yeah. You get nostalgic about that car? Like yeah. You, there, you still had it? You it, it when I it see photos of it, I do. I, I, I'm sure you saw it. I, I think it was last week. I had a post of like my first time at the track. Mm-hmm. It was like eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah. damn, eight years? <laughs> it was like running like eight sixes in the eighth mile. I'm like, you know, at least I improved. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so cars are are good for you mentally. And I don't think there's really anything else that can fill that space of pride and self-esteem in a way that it's a possession. It is a possession. You can't do that with, or you shouldn't do that with your significant other. You shouldn't do that with your family. You shouldn't do that with the job that you were hired into. You can't really even do that with your company because that's not yours. It's all, it all involves other people. And to the extent that community and relationships are important in our lives, it also comes back to you respecting and caring for and loving yourself. And cars play a huge role in that, in our experience, the two of us. And and it can for you too, if you need it. So for people to badmouth and object to cars being a part of society or important, it's sad and it's unfortunate. And hopefully we've addressed some of those objections today in a way that's given you some confidence in living out what you want for your car hobby and getting into it and messaging us. Don't forget to understand more about what you could do or, or help us or yeah, help us help you plan how to get into the car hobby or what, what it is you think you could do with it. And we'll get more into this stuff as we go along. I was just going to say sky's the limit. When it comes to cars. Sky's the limit with cars. So so many avenues. And there's so much you can do here, whether you're, you're motivating yourself, project cars, you got a fleet, you, you get really into driving and doing that while not getting broke, not crashing, not alienating yourself from people and just being proud and happy with the cars that you have. That's, that's what we're, what we're aiming to do here. So with that, that's all we really got time for today. And 
I want to wrap up with just talking a bit about the We Are Driven community. You know, you've heard us talk about what it is and what it means. And we had a bit of a reframing of it. You maybe heard this podcast sounds a little different than the last ones, but we're, we're 40 episodes in now and I'm really proud of us. And we're going to keep going. We think this is very valuable for you and us. Obviously, we wouldn't keep doing it otherwise, but it, it's a lot of fun. There's more community to it than this. And you probably came here from LinkedIn or Instagram or just some sort of link that you saw out there. Or you're coming back three years later, like we mentioned, and getting something out of one of these early days podcasts. But if you want to get more involved in our community, we really have three places where you do that. You have social media. There's a plenty of interaction, plenty of videos plenty more content to come. I'm excited to see how my business life is going to be changing and the additional content that's going to come with that in the near future. We have the Discord group where I get up at four in the morning and send a message every day. And sometimes it's three and sometimes it's five, depending on what time zone I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and and I hope that you get the the fire out of that daily motivational message in the same way that I do. And then we have the Driven Network. So if you really want to commit yourself to becoming better, you get in the network because we have an iterative goal setting framework that we're going to run you through so that you can achieve every goal you've ever wanted to set. And then we'll hold you accountable in there so that you can continue to work to become a better version of yourself with a community of people who can be resources for you and motivation for you to get better. Anything you want to add to that, Dan? No, I mean... I. I just want people to join the network. I, I want I want to network with more of you and I want to help you. I want you to help me. And uh, the more people we have in there, the better. And and there's lots of good things that can come from it. And, and uh, that, that's what I really want to see. So if you have questions, please reach out to us. Please. Sounds good. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed this, please leave a review, share it with Car Club, Gym Buddies, coworkers, co-founders, anybody else that you think would be interested And that's all we got for today. So this has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay driven.